And then my brother says, you know, I don't know anything about the science of cloning. To which I replied, well, that makes two of us. Oh, welcome to Small Business Celebration. We're continuing our series on small business owners who are rising from recession. And our guest this week, well, he is an architect who is building his way to a strong and profitable business. This is Small Business Celebration. Join us as we learn from successful business owners and successful business leaders about who they are, from where their business has grown, what they have learned, and where their successful business is going. I'm your host, Michael I. Roberts, and we're going to learn something that you can use today to grow a strong and profitable business. We're here with Steve Kiki, the owner of Stephen L. Kiki Architects, and welcome to Small Business Celebration. Thanks, Michael. Happy to be here. And for visionaries who don't know who you are, who are you and what is it that you do? I am Steve Kiki. I am a California licensed architect, and uh, that's what I do. I design <laughs> buildings. And more specifically, what kinds of buildings do you typically design? Uh, predominantly commercial. Okay. Uh, I'm doing a house or two right now, but it's the first time in 20 years that I've done a single-family residence. The reason you're doing that is because we're still in a recession Correct. due to COVID, and you you're doing res a residential couple residential projects because normally. You haven't had to, but you're doing it now partially because of the money, but also something else that is fundamentally important to you on a project you're designing in Stallion Springs. That's correct. Um, one of the things I like best about being an architect is creating places where people like to be, want to spend time that, you know, enriches their lives in that way. And that can be an office or a home, wherever. Speaking of wherever, this does not look like a design studio or someplace you do a lot of drafting. Where are we? I don't know. Some architects might, uh, you <laughs> might find here more, but no, we are uh, in 1933, which is uh, an event facility that I designed a few years back. We are in the speakeasy portion of 1933, 1933 being the year Prohibition ended. So uh -huh. this facility has a, a couple of different venues, as it were, and we're in one of those speakeasy. The big room next door with the stage is called Prohibition. And then uh, this building also has uh, the local county firefighters union hall attached. And the other thing that's great about this is this is the speakeasy. It's also a restaurant. So if you're interested in getting something good to eat, go ahead and come down to 1933. They have some good food, the good grub, and something good to drink Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. Excellent food here. And as I understand it, some good architecture too. Um, I'd like to think so. Uh, I, uh, this project did win the 2017 Beautiful Bakersfield Award for new construction, so I guess it's official. Sure, sure. <laughs> Officially good architecture. And the great thing about this project is this project also, in conjunction with other projects that you worked on, are helping you survive, not just survive, but move forward through this COVID recession that we're in. Why is that? 
Well, um, I think whatever you can do to get your name out there to uh, you know, attract more potential clients, uh, that's part of it. Um, again, I think uh, I had a good couple years prior to uh, the COVID and the pandemic hitting, so I've kind of been living off my fat, as it were. I, I was able to uh, develop a pretty good cushion financially that's seen me through this, and then I've, I've been doing more things that I might otherwise not do, not just residential, but I've been doing a lot of work at the museum and more uh, almost like stage or display type setups that you wouldn't really call conventional architecture. Um, done things like uh, ADA surveys of existing properties to show where they are in compliance or not in compliance. So uh, yeah, wearing a, a few more hats than normal. But you bring up something very important and you have just verbalized a lesson that a lot of business owners wish they had learned which is build up a reserve that's right save it for a rainy day <laughs> and here we are <laughs> in a rainy day yeah a long one but you also like you also mentioned it are able to go through and do projects that you don't normally do because you enjoy doing them, like you, you're doing with the Kern County Museum, but you're also doing some residential projects that you don't normally do as Correct. well. There's a philosophy that threads both what you've done here at 1933, the house that you're designing up in Stallion Springs, the, the work that you're doing with the Kern County Museum. What is that philosophy? I like to create people places, like I was saying earlier, places where people want to be. And um, I guess the other part of that philosophy, when things are slow, you got to be doing something to the, mm. so that you just you know keep putting one foot in front of the other, right? And and find things to do. And again, that's where the whole creative aspect of architecture comes into it as well, because you have to be creative in, in finding things to do. Sure. People might not know they need something until you tell them. Exactly. Or point it out to them. In our next segment, one of the big topics, and one of the reasons we're talking to Steve today, is because of building repurposing, and more specifically, because employees are, more and more employees are staying home. And when we come back, we're gonna be talking more about that. But before we do, if visionaries wanna get in touch with you, how do they do that? My name Steve Kiki Architect. That's my business name. Uh, my email address is S-K-I-E-K-E at B-A-K dot R-R dot com. My phone number is 661-330-0785. What was that number again? 661-330-0785. Uh-huh. You saw that I almost forgot it. <laughs> and then... Um, What's your website? My website is www.slkarchitect.com and my office is at 2116 24th Street, Suite 2. That's the Westchester Professional Plaza. And if you enjoy Small Business Celebration, go ahead and like, subscribe, 
and notify and leave a comment. We've got a raging conversation and discussion going on about alpacas and llamas and all that stuff. It's blowing up social media. But uh, join in and let us know your thoughts. And we'll talk to Steve about repurposing those buildings when we come right back. this new day of technology, people are forgetting how to talk to people. Spoken word is very important. There is tone in the spoken word that makes all the difference and appeals to a larger, greater feeling in people. This is where Toastmasters comes in. There is more emotion in the spoken word. People can hear you caring. And in this age of COVID, your clients, your customers, people you care about need to know you care for them. Join Toastmaster today by going to toastmasters.org forward slash find a club and join a Toastmaster club that will help you accelerate your business again. Join Toastmaster today by going to toastmasters.org forward slash find a club and join a Toastmaster club that will help you accelerate your business and let your customers know you care about them today. We're here with Steve Kiki, the owner of Stephen L. Kiki Architect, and our visionary question of the segment comes from Adrian, who asks, the future looks like there's going to be less square footage necessary for employees. What things should I think about in the new normal when resizing my property? Well, um, if you had asked me this question six months ago, my answer would have been a little bit different. But I think the pandemic has made us all rethink how we're doing things. And of course, we have a lot of people working from home. Right. I think what time has shown with that is that now that people have been doing it for a while, it's not all they, it was cracked up to be at first. Right. Um, so I say, I'm going to say don't make a decision today, for one. Right. But also, since my business is going to depend on it, I've been giving a lot of thought. What am I going to be doing in the next couple of years? So. Right. Um, you use the word repurposing, and that can come in uh, many forms. So I guess one example is if you're a business owner and you have a, a 10,000 square feet of office space and 40 employees working there, and you sent 20 of your employees home and they can work from home and do it well, they still have to make an appearance in the office every now and again, but you're basically sitting there paying utilities and rent um, on on space that you're not using. Right. So if you are going to reconfigure your space, you need to do a couple of things um, relative to leaseability and legality. So um, in terms of uh, leaseability, you need to make sure that the space uh, works for a variety of tenants. So if you can keep it universal, kind of generic as it were, that's probably the main thing is to make sure that you're exiting and all of those other functions still work. So, so it sounds like there actually might be a reverse trend going on where people aren't going home and working as often or as much as some people might think. People are actually wanting to go back to the office. That's what's happening now. Um, that. Uh, the recent studies are showing that, that there's a bit, little bit of uh, burnout right. on working from home or you'd expect it to be the other way. I don't know about you, but I've got a lot of Zoom fatigue myself, yeah. so I can understand that. 
Now, one of the reasons that we are out here in the cornhole patio here at 1933 is to show off repurposing because when this building was first built, it was just a flat concrete space and they have added several different things, including the area behind our guest Steve to repurpose this area and so when you hear things in the background you know like a car wash going on or cars going by that's because we are outside in the repurposed area a repurposed area excuse me the cornhole patio here at 1933 and now one of the things that is challenging sometimes is to use both sides of your brain and as an architect, you have to use the creative side of your brain, and you also have to use the detail, meticulous side of your brain. Correct. And how has this benefited you as an artist, as well as a practitioner? Well, they say that architecture is the marriage of art and science, so uh -huh. I, that's exactly what you're talking about. And uh, I never really liked math or was good at it. <laughs> I did it because I had to do it to become an architect, but I was able to do it. Um, so um, I think in that regard, it, it kind of allows me to um, maybe rein in the, the flights of fancy that architects have to be more pragmatic <laughs> sure. and, and realistic. Uh, uh, contractors constant, constantly complain about architects that they design things that can't be built so that's a big thing for me is to not do that sure um, so again that's that's where that scientific side comes in so are you trying to say that if a client came in and gave you a picture drawn by MC Escher especially the waterfall that's always going downhill you would not be able to make that happen I would take a stab at it um, <laughs> But, uh, you know, uh, it, it would be a Rube Goldberg device. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm constantly thinking about a perpetual motion machine that would satisfy that Escher uh, sort of thing. Sure, sure. But, you know, we'll keep trying. Exactly. Well, and I'm guessing, you know, water pumps would somehow discreetly hidden water pumps might help in there, too. That'd be cheating. <laughs> <laughs> but... You've been an architect for 30 years or so. 38 years. 30, wow, 38 years. And you've been a fixture here in the community for a very long time. Right. And you know, to every, every business owner has had challenges, has had a mistake or two or three. My latest one was showing up half an hour, 45 minutes to an Instagram Live and it didn't go well. Uh, <laughs> but you have also, over the course of your career, had some things that you've learned from that form the decisions you make today, including a building you developed for Bakersfield Cellular back in the day. Correct. Um, that was early in my career. Right. And uh, again, it's a cumulative thing there, you know, Every project, uh, or every day, I learn something new. There's okay. no question about that. Uh -huh. But that particular project, um, I did uh, had a few sleepless nights because, uh, as it turned out, 
the building had slab poured, building framed, and that was when we figured out, it was on a curvy road, that's when we figured out that it was in the vehicle distance sight line oh, no. for the road. <laughs> so, and this um, is when the building was being built or almost correct. finished? <laughs> what a time like to I find said, out. The slab was poured, the building was all framed, and somebody from the city public works or engineering, uh, you know, we got the tap on the shoulder that uh, a little problem here. And luckily it was a, a good collaborative solution because it was too late to tear part of the building down. Or it wasn't too late, but you know, that was not uh, a very good option, especially as far as I was concerned. Right. And so uh, uh, the way it worked out, they had to do uh, some things with the road or with the, with the traffic situation. They had to, to uh, make a situation where you couldn't turn on the uh, red, turn right on the red light at that intersection because you didn't have the visibility uh, to do so safely. So, you know, those are hard lessons to learn. It could have been really bad, but you keep working through it, chipping away at it, and we were able to, to make it work. How did you internalize? Like I said, a lot of sleepless nights. Um, uh, I don't like to say I'm a perfectionist, but. But nobody likes to make mistakes. Right. So, right. And, and I, probably more than most people, uh, tend to internalize them and take them personally. Right. So, sure. uh, otherwise, I wouldn't be doing what I do, I don't think. I think you have to kind of have that mentality um, to do this. So, um, <clears throat> just working through it and, uh, you know, all the things you do to ease your stress, exercise, and relaxation techniques and what do you implement now because of the lesson you learned well you know every time i make a mistake it goes on the checklist of what not to do next time and so my checklist is pretty long by now of you know uh not gonna let this one come back and bite me again so um it just becomes part of your process of things you look for and things you learn from now between the two segments, Steve revealed something. He's a llama guy. That's correct. Why? Um, I've been around llamas at a previous point in my life. Um, my sister lived in Colorado for nine years, and uh, their neighbors had llamas, so we got to spend a lot of time around them and with them and saw what they were about. And they were pretty cool animals. Especially Fernando. So if you're an alpaca person, please don't send him hate mail. Don't be mean mm -hmm. to him. Don't say disparaging things. He's a llama guy. <laughs> and, and when we come back, we're going to delve deep into the, the current state of classical ballet and whether its effectiveness and existence really is because of the sustaining work of Peter Ilyich Tchaikovsky or not. Or we could answer another visionary question when we come right back. The reason we're here talking with Steve Kiki today is because of a visionary question that came from a visionary just like you who reached out to us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. They wanted to find out what do we do with these employees that both want to stay home and come back to work. And it all came from a visionary question that came from a visionary just like you. So keep those questions coming and reach out to us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram today.
We're here with Steve Kiki, the owner of Stephen L. Kiki Architects, and we are in what's we're fondly called to the office, which is in the attic here at 1933. And our visionary question for the segment comes from Jim, who asks, I have a growing business, and it looks like I need a hybrid office for employees who need a place to meet occasionally and not when not working from home but still need a place to call their own. What should I discuss with a property owner about repurposing their space to fit our needs? That's a good question. Um, I think uh, you'll find similar situations today, uh, not just brought on by COVID, but in uh, places like <clears throat> construction company offices where they have a lot of people that work out in the field all day, but they still need to come into the office and you know, uh, get on the computer network or, I mean, a lot of that stuff can be done remotely now, but um, for the most part, those people end up with smaller workstations or sometimes not even a permanent workstation at all. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like a long bar or something yeah, like that? Yeah, that's what we've done in other places is okay. just put in a long counter with plug strip and, okay. and data strip okay. um, so that they can plug in every two feet. And I'm going to say in today's world, you would probably need to partition that a little bit. You see it a lot at the when you're getting your food at a takeout place or mm -hmm. uh, you see it in, in school classrooms that where there is school going on. Um, these clear plastic uh, dividers, partitions, whatever right. it were to keep the, the COVID from sure. getting to you. So that's probably the one modification you need to make to that kind of thing. But I, I just think uh, uh, smaller workstations, uh, you know, you're going to end up getting by with a smaller space at the end of the day. So you would have, if it were like an open floor space, you would have a combination of traditional desks and cubicles. Correct. And then bars or, or long tables that are partitioned. That's it, correct. Now, you are a fan of East Bromwick. That would be West Bromwich. Oh, West Bromwich, excuse me. <laughs> West Bromwich, Albion. And football club. And well, and, and we're not talking about like the LA Rams or the Minnesota Vikings kind of football. That's American football. Oh, so <laughs> I'm you, talking football. Real football. Yes. And, and why do you love real football? Uh, it came about <clears throat> when my kids reached the age to start playing, and I'm old enough that we didn't really have that when I was a kid. Okay. And so, um, you know, I started as a spectator, and you, after a couple years, you kind of figure out what's going on, and, and when you get a bad coach for your kids, you know it. So that's, <laughs> that's all it took was for me to become a coach. And the next thing I knew, I was pretty well absorbed in the whole thing. And why that particular club? Well, um... As a person, I tend to frown on front runners. Okay. So uh, I wanted a team that I had a personal connection to, which is hard when you're 6,000 miles from the UK. And what is the personal connection? My personal connection was um, I happened to own a 74 Jensen Healy uh, two-seat Roadster. Okay. And uh, so when I was trying to figure out what team I wanted to support, I went out and lifted the hood on that car and looked at the... Uh, at the manufacturer's plate and it said built in West Bromwich. And that's when I picked 
West Bromwich Albion to be my football club. Truth be told, his football club is doing better, much better than my Swansea's. We got eliminated, but uh, we, one day, hope springs eternal that we'll be back in, 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 in contention as it were again. Yeah, it's, uh, the Premier League's a tough nut to crack because unless you're one of the big six teams, right. it can be uh, uh, despair a lot. <laughs> Yeah, there are only two moods for football fans. You're either elated or deflated, <laughs> and there's no in-between. But what have you learned from soccer that you apply to your personal business? It's not over till it's over. Okay. The match lasts 90 minutes, and then the, the ref will add on a few minutes at the end. So right, right. Uh, you, you play to the end. Right. And you never give up because even when things look dark, you never know. So even if you only have 90 minutes in the match, it doesn't mean the game's over. Correct. What did you learn from your, your role as a coach that you also apply to working with clients and customers and vendors and everybody else in between? Uh, all kinds of things. Probably the most part being, you know, fairness and... Um, you know, every kid wants to play, but you can only put 11 on the pitch at any given time. Right. And so being fair in that regard and being respectful of their skills and abilities or sometimes the, the lack thereof. Mm. Um, <clears throat> and, and just uh, treating everyone the same, whether they were a, a good player or, or not the best player. Um, and it, it's... You know, if, if you approach everything in life that way, you're going to have a lot less uh, troubles getting along with people, a lot less rough edges, and people will, will trust you more because you're not, uh, you know, playing any games, as it were. Now, one of the things that I'm always curious about when I interview guests like yourselves is... I'm a big fan of continuing education where, you know, I found that a lot of the best business owners never stop learning. Mm -hmm. And part of that comes from the books we read. And it's become a staple in the program. And what are you reading right now? I am reading a book called The New Map. The New Map. It's about, or by an author named Daniel Jurgen. Okay. He's written several books on this topic, but it has to do with um, energy policy and, and global politics and and what? power. And it's, it's pretty much this, sum, uh, to summarize it, it's pretty much whoever has the energy has the power in the world. What does this have to do with architecture? Uh, well, you know, there's big pressure on architects to be leaders in this whole uh, climate change mm -hmm. debate and kind of uh, be at the forefront of making that situation better. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, so energy policy has a lot to do with that. I'm also uh, LEED certified, which right. is Leadership in Energy Efficient Design. I've had that certification for 12 years. What is one of the things that you have learned in the last five years that has changed the way you approach or do things? Personally, I tend to be conflict avoidant. Oh, you I, don't, you don't, you love conflict. You don't. Oh. You're right, I don't. <laughs> no. um, 
So, and, and that, that caused a lot of issues in my work and a lot of unnecessary stress. And mm. I found out that if I, if I don't want to lose sleep tonight about something and I have a problem come up during the day, I deal with it right then. I take it head on. I don't kick the can down the road. And then I don't wake up in the middle of the night wondering how I'm going to solve that problem or deal with that person or fix that mistake. Why has this been something in the last five years? You know, I, I think that personality also tends to be a go-along to get-along type oh. person. And I, maybe it's getting old and cranky or mm -hmm. things like that. Um, just, I, I don't know, I think I, f I finally saw the, the problems it was causing in my life. Mm. It, going along to getting along was a way to solve a problem in the moment, but the problem didn't go away. Right. So I have figured out how to make the problem go away. What makes you wake up every morning and open your business? I think the joy that I get uh, from my work is uh, when it's done and the building is built and people are using the building uh, to see how it enriches their life. I, I call it making people places, places where people want to be, where they want to sit and stretch out or if they are supposed to work, that it supports the work they're doing. It's a, an environment that is enjoyable and and, and supports the mission, as it were, whether the mission is relaxing or working or whatever. You help build a professional home. Yeah. If visioneers want to get in touch with you, how do they do that? Steve Kiki, uh, email is skieke -E at bak.rr.com. Phone number is 661-330-0785. You can send me a message through my website, www.slkarchitect.com. And my office is at 2116 24th Street, Suite 2. Come on down. Steve, this has been a real treat and a privilege. And I really appreciate you coming on Small Business Celebration and building up Visionary Nation. And we look forward to seeing you again very soon. Thank you. new day of technology, people are forgetting how to talk to people. Spoken word is very important. There is tone in the spoken word that makes all the difference and appeals to a larger, greater feeling in people. This is where Toastmasters comes in. There is more emotion in the spoken word. People can hear you caring. And in this age of COVID, your clients, your customers, people you care about need to know you care for them. Join Toastmasters today by going to toastmasters.org forward slash find a club and join a Toastmaster club that will help you accelerate your business again. Join Toastmaster today by going to toastmasters.org forward slash find a club and join a Toastmaster club that will help you accelerate your business and let your customers know you care about them today. Who is a visioneer? A visioneer is a small business leader who is a pioneer that has vision. A visioneer is someone willing to see the world not as it is, but as it could be, and is willing to do something about it. A visioneer is ethical, smarter, faster, and leaner than the mainstream competition. A visioneer gives value first because visioneers are in business for the long haul. Visioneers understand the difference between saving money and earning a profit. Visioneers define their destiny. Visioneers create their own luck. Visioneers surround themselves with successful, like-minded people. 
Visioneers are renegades who defy the mainstream competition and are ready to change the world. Are you a visioneer? Join the Visioneer tribe at Small Business Celebration on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram today. Thank you for listening to the Small Business Celebration podcast. Some of today's music was brought to you by Ted Hammond, and you might find more of Ted's music at ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. That's ReverbNation.com forward slash Ted Hammond. If you enjoyed this episode and gained some insight from it for your business, subscribe to the Small Business Celebration podcast at iTunes.com forward slash Small Business Celebration and give us a five-star review. Also, if there's a business you'd like us to interview, reach out to us on LinkedIn and Facebook and let us know. Until next time, I'm your host, Michael Roberts of the Small Business Celebration podcast, and we wish you a strong and profitable business.